What's in your diary? What's in your diary? What's in your diary? What's in your diary? than ever we need to find healthy ways for coping with spiritual mental and emotional trauma journaling is a cost-effective way to deal with trauma and generational wounds the it's not your diary brand is here to help you through faith and understanding and we believe our daily journal prompts and the services we provide will become the first-hand knowledge that our future generations need to heal overcome life's challenges and to understand their family history. So let's begin removing stigmas about spiritual, mental, and emotional health and watch how your life gets transformed. You can listen to us on all podcast platforms at It's Not Your Diary and subscribe to our daily journal assignments at itsnotyourdiary.com. Remember, it's not your diary because what we journal about affects the generations to come. And now let's get on to the show. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the It's Not Your Diary podcast. So um, this is the first episode this season that I'm recording the day that it comes out. And I actually did this on purpose. Before we get started with the episode, my happy thought segment for this week is actually a little weekend recap. I posted a picture this morning to give y'all a little sneak peek of um, what happened this weekend. So my mom actually started this group called Out With The Old and With The New, which basically is just a bunch of couples. I know a few people had asked me just like how everything was going ever since the internal battle episode. And yeah, this is a little update, I guess, from that episode. So Things are going pretty good. I feel like me and my husband are in a better place just working on things. So this weekend, we actually did the secret date night, which was virtual. And all the wives in the group had to plan out the date, but it was virtual. So we were all on Zoom, but it was a little date. You know, um, we played a little game. We had dinner. It was a three course dinner. And the theme was dinner on Blanc. And so we wore all white. If y'all have ever seen that picnic. Uh, so yeah, that is my happy thought segment because it was fun we got to take some pictures I actually got my husband's favorite meal and his favorite wine so that was fun and I did get a few people just asking me how could they join the group so the group is on Facebook and it's called out with the old and with the new and it's just a bunch of couples who are in serious relationships, engaged and married. And yeah, it's great. One thing that I know y'all have heard me talk about is how we did premarital counseling. And our premarital counselor was actually part a part of the event as well. And I don't know if I ever talked about it on here, but me and my husband are also in a group with married couples and engaged couples. Um, every other Wednesday, he actually does a live. So I wanted to talk about this because this is all very relevant to the topic for today's episode. They do a live every other 
another Wednesday that's free. So if you want to check it out, his name is actually Quest Green. I'm going to put all the information in the show notes. And we're actually a part of his community, which has like all the um, engaged couples and married couples in it. Because, you know, like we'll be thinking like, oh, you know, you need more couples to be around and just get inspired by. But yeah, we get to share things and just be vulnerable. And we actually are doing that's when I was talking about the spiritual development, the Bible study that I was doing that I couldn't really talk much on after I record. So I'm recording on a Monday. So Thursday, I'll be joining. Wednesday, I'll actually share the live on our page. I'll let y'all know on Facebook. I don't really use Facebook like that. But look, I'm just trying to hurry up because y'all know I'll be getting sidetracked. But yes, I'm going to put the um, secret date night information for the group of the couples, which is free. You can join. And I also put the information for the greenhouse, which is the marriage group that we actually subscribe to, that we have classes on just like being married. We have a session that's included with um, our membership, kind of like a gym membership, but this is a marriage membership. Uh, Like I told y'all, I literally invest in everything, every part of my life I'm investing in because I just want to be able to be the best me. And if your relationship is struggling um, and you just are at a different place. Cause I know so many people reached out to me after that episode and just said, thank you for my transparency. So if you need that, I'm going to put it all in the show notes. I want you to look into it. If you have any questions, email me info at it's not your diary. I'll definitely answer your questions. So yeah, reach out to me. He does free consultations. You can join the community and all that good stuff. Um, So yes, that's what's keeping me happy. And then I'll come back to that once I get into the topic as well. But I just want to let y'all know a couple things that are coming down. So y'all know it's like the holiday time. And just like with this slowly approaching, it's creeping up. You know, Halloween is this Saturday. Still ain't got a Halloween costume. We ain't gonna talk about that. Um... But yeah, like everybody is like tiptoeing across that edge of like the time going back is getting darker earlier and the holiday blues are on the horizon. And I know the numbers are going up right now with COVID in Illinois. So things are kind of shutting back down. And like, this is just at the worst time because, you know, it's the holidays and we want to see our families. We haven't seen them all year. And it's just like a time where so many people are going to be seeing their families over devices, you know, video calls, FaceTime. And so this year, it's just going to be consumed with like extra, extra, extra dissatisfaction and loneliness, which is so sad. And one thing that I was thinking, because this is something that I feel like my husband every year goes through a lot, like the holiday blues. And I was just looking up some things and God gave me a revelation. So y'all, I'm going to tell you, I created something. I created a family card game, a fun family card game. This card game will help enhance your mood. Well, it should. Um, while you're playing, you can like get out in nature, depending on where you 
lift. You can listen to some good music while you're playing. Do something inspiring. Find something to laugh about. Get a little exercise. Get a little snack. You can reflect on positive things. But this game is just like super positive. It's called Connection 7. And the goal is pretty much to use your seven senses to explain the word on the card that you have. So this is a little sneak peek just for y'all. It's going on sale soon. It'll be on our website. Of course, I'll send out an email once it's ready and all that good stuff. But yeah, I created a family card game for our mental health to defeat the holiday blues. You can actually play it virtually if you're on Zoom with your family you can fake deal out the cards you can tell the person the name like it's not something where anybody has to guess or is a secret or anything so yes it's fun you can be y'all can all be at home y'all can play it or facetime anything you can play it with a few people with a lot of people depending on where you live like in illinois we probably won't be going outside but if you're able to get out in nature and play it do it and then i'll also be sending out a survey like i told y'all and we got a few more things coming down but i do before i start just want to like give y'all a warning this episode is going to be about molestation and my experience as a child and how my experience now as an adult how i even found out and realized it and of course i'm not a licensed professional but i know sharing my story can definitely help others So there's a few points that I'll be touching on and I definitely want y'all to write them down. And this is an episode that I definitely want you to share, even if a person like you don't know what people have been through. I want you to share it in your family group chats, like share it in regular groups that you might be in, like on Facebook or anything like that. Just share it because this is something that can save so many people. So some of the points I'll be covering are statistics, my personal journey, parenting now that, you know, I am a parent and how it's affected me and just like boundaries, grooming, mental health, like all those different topics are going to come up just to let you know. And so when we first look at molestation and what it is, molestation is when a child below the age of consent is inappropriately touched forced to perform a sexual act or watch an adult perform a sexual act on someone else. I want to start off with the statistics because I was super unaware of any of these. And I learned once I was doing my research and I actually have something else I want to let y'all in on at the end for the parents that all the statistics and everything comes from darkness to light which is actually an organization who's working with the world childhood foundation to end sexual violence against young children basically where I got all my facts and everything so this has been studied like I said I'm not just on here bringing you just my personal opinion I want to bring y'all the raw real facts so 
Um, one in 10 children will become victims of molestation before age 18. Um, so this means if there was 700 kids in a school, that 70 of them would become victims. And then only 30% of the victims ever even tell anyone. So this means out of those 70 kids, 27 of those kids would tell someone and 43 would probably never say anything ever in life. 90% of victims know their abuser and then 10% are abused by strangers. So out of that 70, only seven children have no clue who that person was, but the rest know the abuser. And so for me, I've, I'm in this 10% and this 90% and I'll get more into that once I finish the statistics. So 30% of them are abused by family members. And of those molested under the age six, 50% were family members when they did the study. So that I thought was a little shocking. And then 60% were abused by someone the family trusted. So when we just let that sink in, this is really just to educate so we are aware. Even if we have never dealt with the situation, this is not an episode just for people who have been molested. No, this is an episode for people who are trying to educate themselves so that we kind of just are aware. You want that awareness so you can know just like a few things to just be on the lookout for. Just be aware. Okay, God, this is on my heart. I'm going to pray over this. And because you're aware now, you can even pray for your own child if you're a parent and things like that. And I wouldn't say like for myself, I would always think like, how could somebody be capable of this? But then when I really started researching, studies show that most molesters have been assaulted, so have been molested before. And then 50% might have been molested before. And then the other 50 could be dealing with some undiagnosed mental health issues or they could be dealing with mental health issues that they knew about and you might not know. So I feel like this kind of goes back to knowing who you're around, knowing who your children are around. I mean, you can't know every little detail and that's when God comes in and it's like, okay, praying. God, I'm praying over my child, but I'll get more into that is once I get into the parenting portion. And one thing that I also found through um, the darkness to light research that I did is that all pedophiles are child molesters, but not all child molesters are pedophiles. And then 70% of child molesters have between one to nine victims, and then 20% have between 10 and 40 victims. Now, that's just, again, to give you a perspective of what's going on. And then, because I know for me, my experiences, I never had an experience with someone over the age of 18. I mean, I was never molested by a grown adult. So most adolescent offenders are not pedophiles or predators and that and they won't necessarily grow up to become offenders. That's why I want to give y'all that statistic that most people who are molesters, most children who are molesters, they were most likely molested or they saw they could have seen like their parents doing something or other people. They could have walked in on a situation and known it was normal or thought it was normal 
And it's like something that they've seen over and over, but not making an excuse, but just, again, bringing awareness to what's really going on. Can also bring, like once we bring context and we understand, okay, so this could have happened here. That's why this is happening here. Got it. Just being aware again. Once I was starting to put this episode together, I really took a while to like bring myself fully back into my self as a child and just understanding, I guess, how I felt then. Because at the time that I was molested over a course of years, I didn't necessarily know that this was molestation. I didn't even know what molestation was. I just know my mom would always tell me like not to let anybody touch me between my legs, but like she never said vagina. And if she did, I probably didn't know what it was. I'm gonna be honest. I thought I'm gonna be real honest for a while when I would ask where babies would come from. She said between my legs. And I knew there was blood involved. I thought they cut your thigh open and the baby came out of there. Now, I don't know at what age I realized that this was false. But when I found out the truth, of it wasn't just between your legs. There was a certain place. There was a body part there. Because I feel like children don't necessarily know all the time unless you teach them. Like, no, no, no. That's an actual body part. There are other body parts in there. There's, you know, there's a lot going on the vagina the vulva you know all the terms that are going on there but I also get into that when I talk more about the parenting portion I do want to just mention like we live in a perverted world and it's not getting any better when we look at the things going on with some people that are in office that are working in the White House some allegations that have been out and all this, it's just like we live in a very perverted world and we can't expect anyone else to change that. You know, when we just look at the president, when we look at his at the allegations behind him, and yes, it has been proven, but like when we look at everything that's going on, when we look at Pastor Michael Todd preached on the relationship goals and he had the pornography. Um, episode and how he found out about it was just like if y'all didn't watch that one I don't know if I can link that on here but I might because that's another one but just thinking about the world and how we how we feel like we can't protect ourselves but like sex sales we live in a world where they try to use sex to sell everything shows products clothes drugs everything food if they could use it in any way. And they even put it in like children's cartoons. So being a little aware of what our children are watching and and all that stuff is super important. So I first want to talk about how I even found out that I was actually molested. And that was because I actually, with my premarital coach, and that's why I wanted to talk about him at the beginning, because, you know, we go way back. We've been, he's been in our lives for almost three years now. Because we started talking to him before we even had Jax, and he's two. So 
I pretty much found out through premarital coaching. And this is why, like, and I feel like it shouldn't even be called premarital coaching because you should have, you sh- this course that he has, you should really take before you get engaged, before you decide you want to spend the rest of your life with this person. And then, because we took his premarital course and then we took the Simbis um, course, which means saving your marriage before it starts. But this saving your marriage before it starts course that we did. So we took a test at the beginning and in that test, it asks like, had you ever been touched inappropriately or there were questions around molestation. And then that was one of the things that we talked about during our premarital session. Now, I always figured that I was a little controlling because I had been molested. So it was like this sense of not really having control over situations in my life that have made me super controlling. But like after going through therapy and after getting closer to God, I've realized that I didn't really need to be controlling. But one question that I like felt like I was asking myself a lot was just like, you know, why me? Like, why did I have to deal with this? Like, why did God allow this? And I found myself really asking this question a lot after my grandma passed away in on October 21st, 2015. I found myself asking this question so much because I, you, it's like we just want to understand why God is allowing something. Like, why is he just allowing this? Not that he caused this, but why is he allowing it? And now that I'm older, I'm thinking like, oh, okay. So the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The process is basically a part of my purpose. So if I didn't go through it, I wouldn't be able to come on here now talk about it. And then that wouldn't be able to save the people who it's meant to save. You know, there's a purpose behind this podcast and the topics and what God pushes me to speak on. And so that goes the same for you. If the devil didn't see the value in who you are, he wouldn't be trying to take you out because with molestation, then comes trust issues, then comes this worry, then comes this control, then comes this sense of just unknown, the unknown, which comes this agony, which comes, you know, suicidal thoughts and depression and anxiety. And then we get into the chemicals being unbalanced in our brains, because at a time when your brain should have been developing normally, you might have dealt with trauma. We, I know I did. So I dealt with trauma at a time when I didn't even know it was trauma, but it was all a part of the process. And so I could sit here and continue to ask like, why me? And yes, you know, like I have a right to ask why me? You have a right to ask why me? You know, your children, if you're listening to this and you're a parent who your child dealt with this, you know, your child has a right to ask why me? You know, why this happened to me? Why did I have to deal with this? What did I do wrong? But like the devil is aiming to pretty much tear us down. He wants to rip literally everything that we have that's good away from us. He sees the value. If there was a diamond sitting in the floor, don't you think everybody would be attacking it hard? Yes, like they all want it. That's a free diamond. So you 
your purpose, everything that's aligned with you. And that's why, again, like this podcast healing, it's coming from a place of like where I've been. Like, how could I ever come on here and talk about things if I never went through the process myself? How can I help my kids get through it? And like, there are some people who have been molested and they're sitting there saying like, I never want to have kids. I never want to get married. You know, that's just a part of the process and you're there right now, but you don't have to stay there. And I don't want people to get discouraged because that was me. I remember, and and I had, I've had a lot of different experiences, but I was at a point, I remember when I used to say, I didn't want kids. I didn't want to go through that. And really it was because I felt like I wouldn't be able to protect my kids. I didn't want someone to hurt my kids in a way that I, I had been hurt. But as a kid, you don't necessarily understand that fully. But like looking back, it's like, okay, now I get it. Now it makes sense. Okay, now I can put two and two together. But like I could have stayed in the space of not wanting to have kids, being stuck and hurt. And what about the kids? The purpose on my children's lives. God has a purpose for them. And what if they're destined to be the next president, to change the world, to start a podcast, to talk to people about how important healing is, to go on, to become a doctor, to preach to people about mental health and how mental health and God can be one and how God and mental health are one and how to see them together. Like your child has a purpose. Your unborn children, they already have purposes on their lives and you have a purpose on your life and you can't let pain. And I know it's hard and I know you ask why. But at the end of the day, you have to choose to win and you have to really choose to allow God the room to start the process of reconciliation and peace in your heart, because that's what he wants to do. Allow God the room. I need you to allow God the room. God led me to this scripture, 1 Peter 5, 10, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast and so in my study bible it says when we are suffering we often feel as though our pain will never end peter gave these faithful christians the wider perspective in comparison with eternity their suffering would last only a little while some of peter's readers would be strengthened and delivered in their own lifetime others would be released from their suffering through death so the reason why this popped out to me was because y'all I was having a lot of suicidal thoughts I was going through a lot in high school and just having a lot of suicidal thoughts because it just seemed so tough like it seemed like what I was going through would just never end but it all stemmed back from the molestation you know, this happened, like I said before, I don't know if I ever said on a podcast, but I did on a live video, you know, I was molested more times than more times than I can count on two hands. So when I really put that in perspective, and then again, you know, it was people I did know, and then some people I didn't know. 
but it happened I would say it was it was all a part of a plan the devil was trying to literally take me out because there was a purpose on my life and if I would have just did it if I would have went through with it if I would have just like given up yeah my suffering it would have been over but what about the people that were attached what about Jack's my son, he would have never been here. What about the people that are attached to him? And it's tough. It's a very hard space to be in because even now at a time when there are kids just home, home with abusers, home with people who aren't necessarily taking care of them, they're feeling stuck and they're feeling like, you know, they want to just end it now. Like looking back, it seemed like it would never end. It seemed like suffering every day for years, but it wasn't suffering for years. And though I could not connect the fact that I felt as if my mom didn't protect me when I was younger and I didn't understand why she was trying to protect me in high school. It was this thing of like, I didn't get it. You know, as a kid, sometimes you can't link them. Like your brain, first off, is not fully developed, even though you might be mature for your age because trauma can mature you quickly. I didn't know. I didn't understand. It didn't make sense. So I literally could have just stayed in that space. But because I allowed God the room to start the process, God started the process. He brought me peace. And it's like, you know, we do want it to be easy, but it won't be easy. It won't be. And that's okay. Remember, remember we talked about everything won't be easy. Everything won't be comfortable. But sometimes when it's harder, that's okay. Sometimes when it's easier, that's okay too. God might give you things that are comfortable and that's okay too. But sometimes and a lot of times, God is going to ask you to step out of what's comfortable and speak up. Because when you speak up, you might be saving your own child. Like, I don't know for how many generations people in my family were molested. Like, I'm not sure. But what if it's been a lot of generations? What if because nobody spoke up, it just repeated itself? Like, what if? It's like, what is God trying to teach us in this situation? I don't want people to let this discourage them from and like cut off people. Like, we have to find that peace. And God wants to give us that peace. See, everything that we need, God is. He wants to heal our hearts. He wants to reconcile what's on the inside of us. And like, he really wants to take us like from the hardship, from the pain and elevate our lives. When I tell y'all what he's doing right now is the definition of from hardship to elevation. And it isn't about like dwelling. Like I could dwell, I could dwell, I could sit in it, but it isn't about that. You know, it's not about dwelling on whether it's my fault. Well, what did I do? Well, how did I, how didn't I know? How did I get it? And I get it now. I didn't know it was wrong. I didn't know that these experiences was wrong. And I think that is the hard part. But normally children who are between the ages of like five and eight, five and 10, like I don't know the exact ages, but those, that was my age. You know, it was between the ages of like four. Like, I don't know. I was young though. I was really, really young. And I didn't know. I literally didn't 
did not know. But I could have dwelled on it and I could have looked at every single detail. I mean, I have. I had time to really look at it and relive it and fully put myself back in the experience and feel exactly what I felt. And that's what we go through therapy for, because if you can put yourself back in that situation, you can go back and tell that young girl, that young boy, look, it's okay because you're going to get through this and you're not going to let this keep you and you're going to be okay. And yes, right now it seems tough. Right now it seems like this is going to last forever and you're never going to get through it, but you will. There's nothing you could have done differently. The devil, he was trying to hurt you. He was trying to take you out. He wanted you to have suicidal thoughts. He wanted you to end your life. But look, you're still here. So that means God is going to use all of this, all of this for your good. And if And one thing I say, like, when I realized that God, when I recognized that God could use what tried to break me to elevate me, I was like, oh, game on. Oh, devil, you have, you have had your last battle here. When I tell y'all, I'm, I'm so sick of the enemy. I'm sick of him. Like, you cannot take me out. You can't have my family. You cannot have my friends. You cannot have the stranger on the corner. I'm sorry. Like, when we really recognize that God is going to use what tries to break us to elevate us, like, that's it. He's going to elevate you. He's going to use that to elevate you. But if you don't allow him to... If you don't allow that hardship to turn into elevation, it's just going to be harder and harder and life is going to get harder. But you want that peace and God wants to give you that peace. And I don't know who you are, but like, I feel as if God put it on my heart and there's somebody who feels stuck and you want to understand why. But until you make decision, until you make the decision to allow God to turn your hardship to elevation, you'll be stuck in this place. But he doesn't want you to be stuck in this place. And your why is right. Like you keep asking, why is this happening? What's going on? I'm trying to understand it. It's okay. It's okay to have that. I promise you it is. This episode is really, it's for someone. I can feel it in my heart. I know it is. And I just want to encourage you to share it with someone who you're who you know is in your life who needs it if there was somebody in your life who at one point in time they seemed normal and they seemed fine and they seemed like everything was going good as a child it could be a sibling it could be a cousin a brother uncles you know a parent, anything. But at one point in time, something changed with them and you know they've been through something and they might have hinted at it, but they didn't really tell you, but then they told you, but they didn't really tell you and you're unsure. And they told you maybe they had an experience with somebody. I just encourage you to share it with them because we want to get out of the place of just being stuck in in the why and in, in, in the blaming ourselves. And the reason why I want to talk about both, like the situation of me being an actual victim and now me being a like a victim that is now a parent is because I know this is a, a pretty big topic out there. 
um, you know, raising your children and then like being in that sense of control. So I do want to share now that I'm a parent, my experiences and just trust and all that stuff. So first, I want to say that I do like even though you might heal from a situation, you might just do things differently. So, for example, for me, I want to be able to educate my child on body parts and I want him to understand what they are and I want him to be able to tell me someone touched my um, scrotum, someone touched my penis, someone touched my breast. You know, these are all things that you want your child to be able to communicate with you, but also you in a, you have to still let, like I have to still let God take the lead. So I have to trust God will lead me no matter what. And I have to trust that no matter what happens, that like I said before, for God is going to use everything that happens for good. And I also have to educate him on the fact that these are your body parts. Nobody else should touch them. You know, telling the actual name, this is a vulva, this is a vagina, this is this is your anus. This is and one thing that I learned again from doing my research is that we cannot use pet names like Purse, Cookie, Johnson, um, like all these, all these fake names because when it comes to court, a child needs to identify that. So not necessarily making it a thing, but like we should educate our kids on their body parts. Like this is your arm. This is your hand. Your arm and your hand, they only have one name. So our body parts should only have one name so our kids don't get confused. So one thing that previous episode was like, there was a point in my life where I didn't want to be a parent. I didn't want to have kids. I just, there was too much unknown in there. I know this is a reoccurring um, topic for children who are now adults who have been molested. You know, we don't want to have kids. And one thing that I know that's not really talked about often that I do want to touch on is also like the homosexuality and the molestation and how they are sometimes intertwined. And also, again, it goes back to the stress. So a child whose brain is developing could develop in a different way when they are molested. And we don't know because we don't have all these years of research yet. But once we get them, things will be able to be proved a little bit more. But yeah, I just want people to understand that what you see on the outside isn't always what it seems to be. Like for me, I want to be able to educate my child before I really just send him out in a world outside of daycare, which is needed, but sending him out, being around all these different people and all these different dynamics in a world where he can't even communicate with me that he's all done completely yet. So in that type of space, I do pray over him and pray for him and make sure he's covered when he does leave. But also I am a little cautious about not even the fact that I can't send him with this person or this person, but the fact that he needs to know certain things before I just introduce him into a, a whole new dynamic of just being around a bunch of different people. He might not know. He can't fully communicate with me. X, Y, and Z. 
So with that being said, I can't be controlling, but I can be a little smart. I can pray and be like, okay, God, I need you to lead me on this. And God has literally shared with me people, actual people in my life who would be considered family, who I cannot trust my child being around. And so and not even that, that, oh, he told me I can't trust him. God always reveals to me when a person's heart is in the right place or a wrong place. And what that essentially means is that what I see is not what I'm actually seeing. So when God reveals to me that a person's heart isn't in the right place, I always take a step back and evaluate. So my, I have to let God lead when it comes to parenting or I'll be a psychopath. I'll be like, you know, nope, nope, nope. With the whole daycare situation, I have to trust God. I only kept him where God told me I could keep him. God told me to take me out, I took him out. And so what I do is I pray, God leads, and I follow. God shows me who I can and can't trust. And like, that is how I have to parent. That's literally how I have to parent. I trust God with everything. We have no control over anything. And when I bring that, like that's always cycling in my head. So sometimes I catch myself. So I'm like, ooh, let me pray on that because right now the thoughts that I have are gonna drive me insane and when we start to parent from hurt areas from control from just not trusting God I think that's a slippery slope when it comes to disciplining when it comes to all that stuff like we literally have to trust God because sometimes we can lead from areas of hurt and pain and that's not what God wants you know God wants us to lead from education and wisdom and we're leading from you know seven-year-old self and that's not healthy and so that again is a cycle and we our goal if you're listening to this podcast is to break those cycles those just very unhealthy cycles that that have been constantly repeated like generation after generation. And so prayer and parenting, they have to go hand in hand. Power of a praying parent, gotta get that. I have that one and I also have power of a praying wife. And when you just look at who God is and we seek him for what we need, he'll be there. And no matter what happens, he'll use it. And I have to constantly just trust that like, okay, God, you told, and if God, so he told me something and I shared it with someone and I'm like, you know, God revealed this person's heart isn't in the right place. I can't trust them. And the statement was that they disagreed with what God had told me. Well, I don't care if you disagree. If you can't obey what God done told me, then I can't trust you. And that is how God has revealed when, okay, like this atmosphere might not be healthy. This atmosphere might not be healthy. And so that's how I lead. I lead from that. And because I'm not in control, and and I think the, the beautiful thing about not being in control is I can trust what God is telling me because he's not going to steer me wrong. And because I know if I control it, I'm going to put my son in harm's way because I'm going to be going off of, oh, this person is nice. But let me tell you something. I spent time with people that my mom trusted, but I situations happened with other people who she probably didn't know. Maybe she did know. I don't, maybe I don't remember now, but there is just a thin line 
And when we, and it might not be that person, right? Because my mom allowed me to be around people and I, I love those people, but maybe they took me around other people or maybe other people came to visit while I was visiting other people. So it's just like, it's a tough spot when a person's heart isn't in the right place and you don't even know it because you might have known this person your whole life, right? When we go back to the statistics, um, how much 60% was someone the family knew? That's 60%. That's a big percentage. So for me, I educate myself. I, I try to educate Jax. I try to teach him body parts, but at the same time, he's not necessarily old enough to fully understand which is fine, but I'm teaching him subconsciously. He's getting everything that I'm saying to him. And which I also know is very important. Your kids might not understand now, but you're saying it. And that is what, what you're saying now, even though they don't understand, they're getting, they soaking all of that in. They are like little sponges, which is amazing. And then some education techniques that I actually wanted to share. So one, this one is amazing. It's an app called Stewards of Children. I'll also add in the show notes. I also recommend that you go through because in the actual app, they give you the trigger warning. They give you about the issue of child sexual abuse and then you can go through and watch videos. So they have a video listing and I actually want to read off some of the um, videos that they have. So Stewards of Children Prevention Toolkit Introduction, Reporting Child Sexual Abuse, Bystanders, Recognized Red Flag Behavior. I think that one is important. Um, more about red flag behavior and also just praying over this, like not to go crazy, not to be controlling over it, but praying over Lord, everything in this list I'm praying over for my child, everything that, you know, God wants to protect your child from, he will, he'll be there and they have consequences of sexual abuse, teach children what being uncomfortable means, the what if game, public and permanent, talking to children about sex, boundaries for youth, which is one that I definitely want to touch on, proper names for body part. That one is, I think, all parents, all parents need to, there's talking to kids about sex, boundaries for youth, proper names for body parts. Everybody needs to download this app. Whether you have kids now or you're going to have them in the future, you definitely should have this. Um, it has the pornography feeds. It has... Um, buyers want young, so the trafficking, asking permission to touch. Again, that goes back to boundaries. It has um, the non-touch, warmth and care. Pretty much everything you need is here. Organization safety list. You can learn more. You can get help. You can do a quiz. They got everything on this app. The app is called, again, Stewards of Children Prevention Toolkit. So if that's you, like... If you were like me and you were at a place where you just were feeling like, I don't want to have kids, those kids have a purpose. You have a purpose. If one of, if your purpose aligns with having that child, you can't go against that because of something that you've dealt with. And I know it's 
hard. And even if you didn't deal with molestation as a kid and you are just trying to be smart about the different situations that you put your child in, this is great. One main thing that I'm actually working on as well now with Jax is that he can have boundaries when it comes to me, when it comes to family members, friends, anybody. Because I want to teach him that if you feel uncomfortable in this situation, you don't have to be in it. You can express that and teaching him how to express that. If he doesn't want to hug somebody, he doesn't have to hug them. And if you are a family member or a friend of mine and you're listening to this, if my child doesn't want you to hold him, put him down. If your child doesn't want someone to hold them, put them down. Even for me now, I don't just pick up people's children, especially if the child is a little hesitant. I'm not just going to go pick that kid up. I'm going to ask if the child is not old enough to, t- If first off, if a child is looking hesitant and they're not old enough for me to ask them, oh, can I have a hug? Look, I'm not, I don't need to hug them. Boundaries. And I want people to see me setting clear boundaries. I'm not going to bug a kid to come to me. I'm not like, I don't like, it does not matter. Cause at the end of the day, I am an adult. I should allow a child to have boundaries. The boundaries that I didn't have, the boundaries that I were I was not taught as a child. You should allow kids to have them because then when we don't allow kids to have boundaries, they think they have to put up with things that they don't have to put up with. When we teach kids self-love, they learn how to love themselves and love others. When we teach children the correct things and not the wrong things, they learn better and can act better. When we leave it up to the world to teach our children things, and when we parent from an uncomfortable, broken place, then we tell our kids, give them a hug. No, like give them a hug. No, tell them bye. No, give them a kiss. When if a child isn't comfortable, that's okay. Like, I don't mind, like a kid might not be comfortable around me and I will let them warm up to being around me. And if Jax is not comfortable around someone, you need to let him warm up to being comfortable. And this goes for your child as well. Like you can have boundaries. And I, this is something that I prayed on and I felt like God was like putting me in situations on purpose. Like, oh, you gonna say something? So now I'm at a place where if you touch my child and he's not having it, I'm going to say something. Now this is a PSA. I'm a very nice person, but when it comes to my child, I'm just not gonna play with you. If he's uncomfortable, I'll sit with him for a little bit until he's comfortable. And I know sometimes he just be having an attitude. Sometimes we have needs, just like we feel uncomfortable around people. Children have that way, way, way more amplified. And we have to respect that. Another thing I would be a little cautious with is the secrets. Keeping secrets with your child, away from your child, is can just be a little dangerous because child molesters, pedophiles, child abusers, they will also sometimes use secrets and be like, oh, and other children in general, they don't even have to be molested. Let me tell you, I've had experiences with other children that could have been the same age, could have been older, could have been younger. At this age, I'm going to be honest, I don't fully remember, but the secrets you have, your children have to understand that secrets are not okay. We don't keep secrets. You know, I know there was somebody I watched a video on TikTok and she was saying in my house, we don't keep secrets, only happy surprises. These are things that 
um, like Christmas gifts and surprise birthday parties. And she was just saying like birthday gifts, just things that are happy surprises because you might not know about it right away, but it's always revealed. So we don't have secrets. We don't keep things from each other. And for children, that's pretty easy, easy for them to understand because Christmas, they love Christmas. They love getting gifts, surprise parties, birthdays. They they understand those types of things. So putting it again in a way that they can understand, but also don't go overboard. Um, No stranger danger. Again, as we learned, family, just because someone is family, just because you as an adult have known them your whole life, just because you, um, it's a sibling or anything, like it could be a child that you had yourself teaching a child that only a stranger can hurt them is hard because I never necessarily had a full-blown stranger molest me. It was always someone who knew someone of someone. And I'm sure if I went back to the experience, a person could probably tell me who exactly it was. So, and it was never just like a complete stranger that no one knew off the street. So, just be cautious with the with, with the secrets and the stranger danger. Just be very cautious. Another technique is to educate yourself. Educate yourself on different techniques that are used so that you can educate your child. You know, there's this there's something called grooming which I would say this is something more so used by older adolescents and adults where you're grooming a child to be desensitized to what's going on. And for me, I was completely desensitized, even though there were many different situations. I literally just thought molestation was normal. I thought it was just like, you know, like, you know how people be like, let's play house or let's play this or let's do this. And these things were all inappropriate. Like, this is not normal. This is not something you should be playing, um, wrestling with children. And now these are all normal things. So wrestling, pulling on clothes, sitting on someone's lap, um, someone walking in the room on a child naked, bumping into a child and touching them, showing them the electronics. Now we have the phones. They can easily say, oh, look at this on my phone. It could be porn on the phone. It could be an inappropriate cartoon. It could be you know, playing sports, let's, let's play tackle football, but teaching a child again, when they, how this is, so all these things are normal, right? And this is why I'm saying that I didn't know I was molested because things happen. Oh, I didn't write the let's play house one on here, but all these things are normal activities. Cause if two little boys are wrestling, you wouldn't think nothing of it. And then if an adult comes in and is doing these things or an older adolescent child comes comes in and is doing these things it's desensitizing the child to this being inappropriate so they still might feel uncomfortable but they're desensitized to the fact that oh like I should be aware that what's going on here isn't normal and it's uncomfortable so that's why we want to just make sure that kids understand what feeling the feeling of being uncomfortable is that's why it's good that we allow them to set boundaries at the early earliest age 
We validate their feelings. We listen to them when they come to us. And teaching them that no means no. We want to teach boys and girls that no means no. That I'm uncomfortable means I'm uncomfortable. And that we want to also teach adults that no means no. So if a child says they don't want to hug, no means no. If you say you don't want to hug, no means no. We don't want to desensitize our child, our children, ourselves from having boundaries because once we don't have boundaries anymore, we slip into that like people pleasing. We just want to do what other people are telling us. We want to meet other people's expectations and and that's not healthy. And we have adults who are still like this. Me, I'm adult. That is me. Still working through the fact that like I can do what I want to do. This is my life. This is my child. I can have boundaries for him. He can have boundaries for himself. I can have boundaries for myself. And I sometimes have to tell him too, not right now, you know, teaching him that that's okay and that's normal. And also just teaching and showing, like I said, the correct body parts. We gotta make sure they know the correct body parts and make sure you download Stewards of Children, the app, because that'll definitely help you out. Another um, thing I wrote down, of course, is the red flags, being able to see those red flags in people, but also like you, you won't, you might not necessarily always be around your child like these things can happen anywhere so educating yourself and your child and leaning on God to do the rest is literally all we can do and praying we have to keep praying for our children and just trusting God not being controlling and just making sure we're not putting our baggage onto our children. We're letting God handle our baggage and we're parenting from a place that is healed and working on wholeness. And it's continuing to heal because hurt doesn't necessarily stop. So yes, if you have any questions about either one of these episodes, I might be able to pull them together to one episode. We'll see. If so, I might cut this out. I might not. Y'all can see me struggle. But yeah, make sure you stay tuned next season. This was a season finale. Ain't that crazy? I didn't even say that at the beginning. But yeah, this was the season finale. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, The final thing I wanted to say is if you're a parent and you're stuck in fear and you just don't know, and it just seems tough for you, give it to God. Allow God to come in and really restore you from the inside out. And I just want to pray before we get off. Bow your heads. If you're driving, please dismiss. Lord, we come to you today with a different type of episode. And we just want to say thank you for allowing this message to go forward. And I just want to say Thank you for allowing this message to touch every soul, every heart that it needed to. I pray that it reaches everyone who you meant for it to reach. And I just want to pray right now for anybody who's dealt with molestation and sexual assault that they really allow you to take their hardship and really allow you to change it and mold it and allow you to elevate them because we know that 
is who you are. And we know that you can change hearts and mold us into who we need to be for you. And Lord, anyone out there who's just struggling and asking why, Lord, we ask that you soften their heart so they can truly, truly do the work that they need to heal. And anyone who is assigned to their purpose, whether it be a child or a family member, there's someone I know assigned to their purpose, Lord, because I know we wouldn't be doing this message if it wasn't. And I just ask that you allow them to be open to receive and to accept the future that you have in store for them. And I ask that you just heal them, Lord. Open their hearts and heal them, Lord. Heal their minds, heal their bodies, heal their spirits. And if they've turned from you, Lord, allow them to see that this message can really allow them to be elevated. And God, allow them to see that you can use everything that they've been through. And for the parents, who are struggling, who are dealing with control, Lord. Soften their hearts and heal them and do the work in them, Lord, and allow them to get the help that they need. Allow us all to get the help that we need to move forward and to heal and to be a vessel for you. Because us parents, we need to know and remember that you let us borrow the children that you've entrusted us with. And that is a huge responsibility, Lord. Allow us to see how big the responsibility is, Lord. And no matter what, allow us all, every soul that listens to this message to truly, truly give up control and trust that you have our best interests at heart and let us know that no matter what happens that we don't have to ask why even though we can and deserve to that we don't have to because we can trust you and we can trust that anything that happens to us and to our families that you will use it and elevate it and use it for your kingdom and for your purposes and that we don't have to worry lord take all the worry away in jesus name amen so that's it for this episode and i will talk to y'all next season if you follow us on instagram i'll be doing lives every thursday at 7 p.m central standard time Yes, so I'm going to miss y'all. I'm going to miss y'all. And don't forget, make sure you're subscribed. And I will talk to y'all in January. Have a happy new year. Bye.